0: You are tuned into My Scars Ministry Bible Studies with Pastor Monica K. Harris of My Scars Ministry. Bible Studies are held every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. You can find her on Facebook under My Scars Ministry. You can follow My Scars Ministry on Twitter at My Scars Ministry. And the website is www.myscarsministry.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. MySCAR's Ministry Bible Studies with Pastor Monica. Thank you for calling into the MySCAR's Ministry Bible Studies. This is Pastor Monica K. Harris of MySCAR's Bible Study. And truly, it is an honor to have you with me once again on this Tuesday evening. And so tonight, um, our Bible study is going to touch on topics that we've spoken about in the past, but I don't feel that we can speak on enough. And we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare. And spiritual warfare is real, and I don't know why many of us sit back and believe that it's not. You know, we, we don't tend to worry about that. We believe in heavenly angels, but for some reason it's hard for us to sit and believe that The enemy has angels, too, that he has people uh, that are working for him. He has agents that are working for him. And so we need to become educated, and we need to learn how to fight. And some of my teaching um, came from a preface from uh, our sister Priscilla Shearer's Bible study. And she has a Bible study book. It's called The Armor of God. And you should check that out. Get that. Read that. It is a phenomenal book. But I don't believe that we can study too much. I don't believe that we can read too much when it comes to learning about spiritual warfare. And our read for spiritual warfare is always based on Ephesians 6. 10 through 20. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Ephesians 6, and we're going to read verses 10 through 20. I hope you have your pens and paper, tablets, whatever, handy, so that you can take notes and you can go back and reference them. And this is going to be your study guide, not for just tonight, but from here on out. We need to study, and we need to know what we're coming up against so that we know how to fight. So at Ephesians 6, starting at verse 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, That's profound, and what you need to do is go back over that and break it down sentence by sentence, word by word, verse by verse. When we put on the armor of God, it activates something. But when we refuse to pray, it's like having an appliance that you're not plugging it in. It doesn't work properly. So prayer is a divinely authorized mechanism that God has given us to tap into his very power. So without prayer, we'll be ineffective in our spiritual warfare. You can't go into a gunfight with a knife. You have to be properly prepared for the battle. But when you're prayed up, and when you're fasted up, we will be victorious. We tend to see our problems and struggles many times in non-spiritual terms. And so because we don't see them as being spiritual, we start to seek solutions for them in non-spiritual ways. Everything that occurs in the visible, physical world is directly connected to the wrestling match to the fight that's being waged in the invisible spiritual world. Whatever you're seeking here, whether it's healing, whether it's love, whether it's a husband or a wife, whether it's for your children to obey, whether it's for your ministry to flourish, whether it's for a new career You need new ideas. Whatever you're seeking here is being wrestled against in the spiritual world. Because when you're living for God and you desire nothing more than to do His will and you want to do His work, then Satan's job is to prohibit that From coming to pass and so because of this he begins to give assignments to each of his angels to carry out cause confusion over there at her job cause confusion in her marriage cause confusion with her children And these things begin to happen and they start happening out of nowhere and you don't understand why. And you're sitting there and you're crying and you're questioning God and you're like, what is going on? I seem to be doing everything right. I thought I was praying enough. I thought I was uh, fasting enough. I thought I was spreading the good word. I thought I was doing what I needed to do. But it doesn't matter how much you do. As long as we are on this earth, we are in a war. It's a constant battle that never ends. We fight daily. And because we know that we have to fight daily, we have to learn how to fight and how to remain equipped for the fight. The effects of the war going on in the unseen world reveals themselves in our damaged relationships, our emotional instability. We become depressed. We become wishy-washy. We can't think straight. We can't see straight. We get mental fatigue. We get physically exhausted. And many, many other things begin to go wrong in our lives. Many of us feel like we're bogged down and we're pinned down and we don't know which way to turn and where to turn and then we begin to get angry and then we harvest unforgiveness and then pride steps in, you know, and we begin to compare ourselves with other people or other ministries. Well, look, her marriage is just fine and she's not even saved. Look, All of my friends are getting married, and they're out in the world, and I'm still single. Why can't I get anyone to support me in anything that I do? You begin to become insecure. You begin to sow discord amongst others. And then fear creeps in. And I could sit on this line tonight and I could go on and on and on and on. But the primary nemesis behind all of these things is the devil himself. Our biggest problems are spiritually rooted. Ephesians 6.12 says the same thing. It says, for our battle is not against Flesh and blood. No, he or she did not do it to you. No, that person did not walk out on you on their own. No, that person did not abuse you on their own. No, that person isn't lying on you because they just want to lie on you. It's deeper than that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, (laughs) against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. And I'm not talking about heaven where God is. That's the third heaven. But there's a first and second heaven that I speak of. The second heaven is where I believe that Satan resides himself. And he has some upper generals there. And they bark out orders to the fallen angels that are here on the first heaven. They roam around waiting and listening for their orders. This is what we fight against. It's not our sisters and brothers. It's not flesh. It's something deeper. And you have to learn how to tap into that. You have to learn how to fight that. You've got to learn what to fight it with. And this chapter right here in those verses gives you everything you need to remain victorious in your battles. We all have a need for spiritual vision. We need to understand who we are in Christ and, and everything that it entails. And so God has provided us with everything we need to win the spiritual battles that we face. He emphasizes that we, what we need to know, what we need to believe in, and how we need to act upon it. And it's through prayer that we recognize And we can gather the weapons of our own spiritual warfare described in Ephesians 6. The spiritual armor that is talked about here, it's truth, it's righteousness, peace, faith, salvation, God's word, which is the Bible, prayer. We repeat it constantly. And it's a different way of describing what Paul had already been talking about in his letter. Because how could the readers put on or take up armor that they didn't understand about? See, they've had to do it before. So the first step for them and the first step for us will be to utilize the spiritual resources that we've been given to us. And it is to have our spiritual eyes opened so that we can see them. We should ask God to open our eyes so that we can see the enemy's activity. Don't be so quick to jump to conclusions. When things are happening in your life, don't be so quick to act upon them. Seek God. Pray. God, what's going on? Why is my husband acting like this? Why is my wife acting like this? Why are my children acting like this? Why is there so much so much turmoil on my job? What is going on in my ministry? Why can't the members get it together? Why is everybody always fighting? What is going on? When new people come into your life, when they appear in your life, God, what is, what is the purpose for this person being in my life right now at this time? Open my eyes, God. Open my eyes so that I can see. Give me keen discernment, Father God. What is their purpose? Why are they here? That's our first step. Seeking God. Praying. Asking Him to open our eyes so that we can see. And when we ask God to open our eyes to see what the enemy is doing, then we need to be aware of the spiritual resources that God has already given us to disarm and defeat the enemy. Victory is available to us, but it only comes to us when we pray and we fast and we go to God for help in the battle. We're in a spiritual war. It's a never-ending war. And it can only be won with spiritual resources. But we've got to know what they are. And they've got to be at our disposal. We've got to use them. We don't have time to go hunting for them. We need to be armed and dangerous and ready at all times. We also need to remember that the enemy operates by deception. Someone can come into your life and they can seem to be of God. They can appear to be godly. They can recite the Bible. They could even pray with you. They can give you words of encouragement. However, they could be sin. By the enemy. Remember, he operates by deception. And so he wants us to believe lies about him, about God, about ourselves, and about what's true. And so he's very strategic in the way he goes about it. The enemy's not going to come to you, as he is in the cartoons. Red, horns and a pitchfork and a clove tongue. No. He's going to come to you in a three-piece Armani suit, some Kenneth Cole shoes on, with some sunglasses, with a smile that will light up the room and a voice that will make you melt. And he's going to tell you some things that's going to make your heart melt right along with it. He's going to come as a drop-dead gorgeous woman with a body to die for. Someone that everybody adores. Somebody that everyone listens to or wants to listen to. You see, because he can't come to you as something evil because you would not receive him. You would recognize who he was immediately and therefore he'd have no chance at deceiving you. So he comes in the form and the fashion of what you like, of what you desire. And then that's how he wheels you in. He comes as a sheep dressed Dressed as a sheep, when really he's a wolf, seeking whom he can devour. His job is to kill, to steal, and destroy. He wants to kill you, he wants to kill your vision, he wants to kill your dreams, he wants to kill your marriage. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your happiness. He wants to steal your family. He wants to steal your sanity. He wants to destroy everything there is about you. He wants to take it all until you're falling down on your knees and you say, I just can't take it anymore. I give up. And then he wants your soul. And once he gets your soul, that's it. No longer will you turn to God. No longer will you seek God for answers. You're now living for the enemy. And guess what? He's already doomed to hell. He was doomed to hell when he was kicked out of heaven. He knows there's no turning back. He knows he can never go back. Look at what we're talking about here. We're talking about the most beautiful angel that was ever created, a master musician, God's right-hand man. He had easy access to God anytime he wanted. But when he decided that he wanted to be God... And when he decided to deceive those other one-third of those angels and tell them we can be like him, come on, follow me. And they were kicked out of heaven without ever having a chance of returning. Don't you think they're angry? Don't you think they're upset? They're miserable because they know where their eternity is. You and I, We have a choice. We have a chance. They don't. And so what they do day in and and night out is they seek. They seek God's children because they want us to come on over and join them. And their job is to take as many of us with them as possible to their eternal life in hell. So we have to recognize the enemy's strategy. He's very strategic. His attacks are always wrapped in the packaging of deception, like I told you. Always designed to manipulate the truth about God and about your value in Him. We begin to question ourselves. God doesn't care about, God doesn't care about me. You know, I've been going through this for so long, I can't even feel God. I'm not smart enough. I'm not anointed enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. I can't do this. And even though God says you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that when he made you, he said it's good. The enemy will seep in there and he will start to fill your head with these lies. He desires to lead you into sin so that your fellowship between God is disconnected. And once you become disconnected from your source of true power and strength, you're weak or you have a weak signal. If you have a cell phone and you know it's down to 10% battery usage, you'll get a flash that says low power. And if you only have one bar on there, you know that your reception is, is not as strong as it should be. And so your cell phone either doesn't work or it becomes very, very slow. That's how we become when we become disconnected from our power source, which is God. When these things start to happen the evil temptations that start to appeal to our specific desires, all of a sudden happen to show up. Because at this stage, we're most vulnerable. And we're not accidental, but we're in our vulnerable stage. Let me break it down for you a moment. If you're not prayed up and you're not fasting and you're not staying in your word and the enemy is whispering all of these things in your ear, maybe you're a single person like myself. Maybe you, you know, you desire to be married and you're watching all these people around you get married and you're saying, you know, time's going by, years are going by, I'm getting older and I see everybody getting married but me. And the enemy starts to whisper in your ear, whether you're male or female, you're older. Nobody's going to want you. They want somebody younger. They want somebody thinner. You're not handsome enough. You don't make enough money for her. You're not pretty enough. You're not thin enough for him. He wants some young, thin, shapely thing, you know, 36, 24, 36. He starts telling you these lies in your, in your ears and, and then you start watching TV and you start seeing all these plastic Barbies with fake boobs and fake butts and lip injections and boob implants and fake eyes and fake hair and they look like Barbie dolls. And you're thinking, I can't compare to that. And he starts telling you, no, you can't, until you'll never have anyone. And you sit there and you start believing that. But guess what? Right at this time, you've, you've unplugged from your source, and now you're believing these lies. And you pick up the telephone, and you still have, uh, oh, you still got June Buck's telephone number in your phone. And you remember back in the day, mm, you and Junebug used to have some things going on, and don't don't let R. R. Kelly come on. And you hear, I don't hear, I don't see nothing wrong. <laughs> With a little bump and grind. And then all this is going through your head. I'm not good enough. I remember Junebug. R. Kelly said he don't see nothing wrong. Well, I know people sin worse than this and they ain't going to hell. They still in the church. Let me just call Junebug. And before you know it, you've called Junebug up. And Junebug is at your house and you guys are listening to Aura. And you have slipped in bed. And you're doing something that you should not be doing. Something that you have been delivered from for years. All because you were not plugged into your source. All because now you're at a vulnerable stage. Because you've let the enemy whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Oh yeah. His deceptive tactics always attached to his evil entourage. He's got an entourage following him. Specifically designed, timed, and personalized in hopes that you and I will fall prey to his demonic schemes. And once we do that, we'll miss out on experiencing the abundant life that God has for us because we're not prayed up we're not fasted up, we're not seeking God, we're not plugged into our power source. The enemy attacks often at points of our strength, influence, and weakness. So we need to be prayerful and discern when the attacks are likely to come and where they're going to come from, and we need to take measures to defend ourselves in the power of God's strength. We each know our own weaknesses. We know what they are. We know what we can and we can't withstand. Do not set yourself up to fail. Again, I say do not set yourself up to fail. If you know you can't handle being in a certain place with certain people, then don't be there. Consider your areas of greatest strength and greatest weaknesses. You keep a close eye on both of those areas, and you safeguard yourself through prayer. You are precious in God's sight. There is so much that he has for you. Oftentimes, we mess those things up because we move out on our own. We let flesh take over, and we do what we want to do. And these places where we need to safeguard are likely the places where we can expect the enemy to target his attacks. When you know where to look within yourself, you can see him coming a mile away. If your weakness is a fine man, and you see one coming, you better turn around and run like Forrest, if you can't handle yourself. Stay prayed up. Stay covered. When he comes to you, he may be smooth. (laughs) He may be debonair. God knows he's going to smell good. But use your spiritual discernment. Just because he's talking good doesn't mean he's good. Test the spirit. And I don't mean just test it one time, oh he passed the test and the next night you're in the bed with him. No, no. Passing the test takes a while. You got to get to know him. What triggers him? What does he like? What doesn't he like? What does he pour into you? But you say, Oh, well, he's pouring God into me for now he is. How long will he? Or is he pouring God into you, yet he's trying to sway you in another direction? Is he giving you the whole truth or 98% of the truth? Those are questions you need to ask. Is she leading you to God or away from God? Is she building you up or building you up for a setup so that you can fall down? A man's downfall has always been a woman. Ask Noah, ask Samson, be careful, be very careful. The devil's really not that clever. He's just cunning. We're fighting a spiritual war with an enemy whose primary tactic is deception. The enemy can be defeated through spiritual resources that God provides for us And these resources are activated and empowered through prayer. And all prayer is, is simply pouring out your heart to God and then making room in your life to hear back from Him. In His Word, He orchestrates our circumstances. He wants to have a conversation with you. He longs to hear what's really on your heart. And he wants openness. And he wants honesty. And I tell everyone many times, when you're in a relationship, you can't wait for that telephone to ring. That's a highlight of your day when you're all in love or, you know, you're courting and you're going through the process. If your honey sends you a text message or your honey calls you on the phone, you light up like a light bulb. And when you get off work and you're relaxed at night, you can't wait to hear their voice on the phone. You can't wait to talk to them. How was your day? And you're telling them how your day was. They're telling you how their day was. You guys are conversing. You're sharing stories. You're getting to know one another. You're sharing intimate time with one another. That's what God wants. God wants that same intimacy. God longs to hear our voice. And when you spend enough time with Him, when you spend enough time with Him, you will recognize His voice. You will begin to know his voice and you can decipher his voice from that of the enemy. You'll hear it and you'll be like, mm, 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 that's not God right there. And when you know it's not God, you begin to pray, God, speak to me. Tell me what you want me to do. What is it you want me to do in this situation? And he will tell you Because that's all he desires. Intimacy. He wants to be loved. And he wants to love on you. And I'll tell you this day, there is no better love, no better love than the love of God, than the love of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Hmm. My brother said, he searched all over, couldn't find nobody, nobody like Jesus. So if you haven't already started developing a one-on-one intimate relationship with him, you don't have to have your pastor around, nobody around. Just you and him. You don't have to be laying down on the floor, snot running out of your nose, tears streaming down your face. But once you get to know him and you start crying out, those tears are going to flow. Because you can empty your heart out. You can tell him everything that's going on with you. You can tell him your deepest fears and your deepest hurts, your deepest regrets. You can tell him because you don't have to worry about it going any farther. You can tell him any and everything. He is your best friend. And you can just talk to him like I'm talking to you right now. And he's listening. And the more you do that, the more intimate you become, the more you will hear his voice and know it. He longs to have that relationship with you. Again, like I said, your prayer just needs to be real. It needs to be real. Just be straight up raw with Him. Prayer works. And it's been more effective in my life than anything else. He's healed me. From sickness, he's healed me from being bedridden. He's healed wounds that have been passed on by family members, friends, frenemies, church members, people that are close to you, that you think love you, that really don't. People that deceive you, that lie on you, reject on you people that turn their back on you, people that walk away from you, people that leave you when you need them most. He's there during all those times. And if you pray and you pray and you pray, you begin to see things change in your life. When you pray, And you are raw with God and you give it all to him and you leave it in his hands. Then you say, God, this thing is bigger than me. I can't do it. I can't handle it on my own. But I need you to do it for me, God. I need you to take care of this. I can't do it. Then guess what? That makes God happy. And he accomplishes that which we can't do in our own strength. Prayer is crucial to knowing God. I don't mean do you know Him and have you heard about Him. I mean do you know Him? Can you relate to Him? Can you experience His power and His grace in your life every day. That's what prayer does. It brings us into the knowledge of God. It brings us in the knowledge of who we are in God. We'll develop a whole different perspective of who we are. Are because we will recognize whose we are and then no longer will we settle for less than what God has for us. We have to stop making decisions with our own carnal desires. Maybe that woman or that man looks good. Maybe they talk good. But God sees the future. God sees what's going to happen five, ten years from now. God sees that she's going to cheat on you with your best friend. God sees that he's going to become a womanizer and he's going to physically abuse you. We can't see that with the natural eye. We only see what we want to see, what looks good to us. Eye candy is not always good. When I was a little girl, my grandmother (laughs) used to have these chocolate squares. And, oh, they looked so good. And I'd be like, Mom, Mom, give me one, give me one. And she said, No, they're not good for you. Mom, please, please give me one. No, no, they're not good for you. But I tell you, that chocolate square looked good to me. But one day, when Mom wasn't looking, I went and I stole one of those chocolate squares. And when I tell you I stole that chocolate square and I was smacking on it, and it it was good while I was eating it. But an hour later, I was in the bathroom probably for the next two or three days because what I had eaten was a chocolate laxative. And I don't even know if they make those anymore. They were called X lax (laughs) So mom knew that even though it looked good to me, it was not good for me. And that's how it is with things that we see. Those things may look good to us, but God knows that they are not good for us. And it is best that we consult with God and we seek him and we let him give us what is good for us. Sometimes what he gives us may not come the way we expect it to or it may not look the way that we expect it to. But he said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. So that means... It's not always about what it appears to be with the natural eye, but we've got to go in the spirit and see these things. And I don't care what it is. I don't care if you're seeking to buy a new home, if it's a career, if it's a husband, if it's a wife, if it's a a move. You've got to go into the spirit and tap into the spiritual realm and see what God has for you. Because when we just look with these natural eyes, we're going to miss something because we only see at face value. And so prayer is how we see heaven invade earth. It's what opens up the floodgates for God to come down and get involved in our everyday circumstances. Prayer does that. It's the key. And so now we're going to get started in talking about how to do battle with the enemy and win. And remember that I told you that this battle and this war, it's real. There's an invisible world there and an invisible war going on. If you could just close your eyes and imagine above the earth in another atmosphere there are demons floating around going to their chiefs and their generals in order to get their next order. And they're sending those orders down to the fallen angels that are here with us. And every day in our lives, something is coming against us. It may be someone in the traffic jam. It may be someone on our job. It may be someone in the grocery store. It may be someone in the ministry. It may be our children. It may be our spouse. It may be our family. But every day, there's a war. There's a problem. But we also know That we have protection. And we know. Everything that we need. To be victorious. That we already have. We've got the belt of truth. We've got the breastplate of righteousness. We have everything we need. Our feet should be shod with the gospel. Preparing of peace. Now, I want to tell you that there are many things that happen in our lives and things that we can't understand. I remember that when I was a little girl, and my grandmother would fall asleep, and she'd be sleeping sometimes and I'd hear her making this God-awful noise, and I, I, I didn't understand what it was. And, and I'm a little girl, and I'd just go over, and I'd, and I'd wake her up, and I'd say, Mom, Mom, wake up. What's wrong? And she said, the witches were riding me. And she would tell me about it. And she said she'd see this thing, that, this little dark thing that would run across the room. And would jump on the bed where she is and just jump on her. And once that little thing would jump on her, it was like it had the power and strength of a hundred people. She said she couldn't open her eyes. She couldn't, she couldn't open her mouth. She couldn't see. She couldn't move any part of her body. But all she could sense was an evil in the room. And she didn't know what was going on. And I, and the only thing that she's saying in her mind is, God, help me. What's wrong? What is this? And she's saying in my mind, Jesus, Jesus, help me. And she says there's this pressure, like a weight on her chest that feels like it's 10,000 pounds, and it's crushing it. And it feels like something's going around her neck, and it's squeezing her windpipe's clothes, and, and, and it's just a, a horrible experience. And that's exactly where she would be at. And, and sometimes she would be able just to, to muster up enough, enough oxygen to go, mm, mm, And that's what I would hear, enough for me to go wake her up. And she would tell me, if you ever hear that sound, wake me up. She says, in my sleep, I'm crying out to God and I'm praying, I'm praying, but I can't move anything. And I'm like, oh, God, help me, help me. Somebody's going to help me because I'm going to die like this. How can you suffocate in your own bed with your family members around? But you feel such an evil through the shadows and the manifestation of an evil like you've never seen before and many of you probably have experienced that and you don't know what's going on and you don't know what to do but it's demonic it's a demonic activity and that has happened to several people that I know but I was a little girl when this was happening to my grandmother what do you do when It's like you're not just being deceived. What do you do when it's not just like you're being condemned a little bit? It's not just that you know, but you're being convicted and some things are happening that you need to deal with. What do you do when for some strange reason you come under a strong force Frontal, satanic attack. That means this thing is attacking your mind. What do you do? You pray. Then you think, well, do I need to pray out loud? But you need to pray. And you think to yourself, man, I got to get some weapons in here, but, but you don't even know what you're fighting and how you're fighting. What You gonna shoot it? Are you going to stab it to death? No, 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 no. And then you think, okay, that's, that's just the enemy. And then guess that there's pride in fear. There's pride in fear. And, and you don't want to cry out loud so people can hear you praying. See, that's pride. You know, your family might say, what's going on? And you might have to tell them, but you've got to cry out to Jesus, no matter who's around. You've got to call him up at any time. You've got to call him. And so when you're going through these satanic, satanic attacks, what do you do? What do you do? You think you're going to die because these attacks come one after another. And then you start questioning, you know, God, you know, what, what, what is that? It's spiritual warfare. And if you don't know what to do, then you need to talk about it. You need to read about it. You need to figure out how to fight. You've got to get your weapons handy. And like I said, many of you probably have been through that. I've known plenty of people that have gone through the manifestations of these evil imps in their room. But you've got to know how to do battle with the enemy and win. This is not something crazy I'm talking about. This is not something that hasn't happened. Maybe it hasn't happened to all of you. Maybe you've heard it happen to somebody. But it does happen. And there are some things that you need to know. You need to know that God has objectively defeated the enemy in his agenda, no matter what it may be. He has delivered us from sin and the penalty of it. He has delivered us from the power of sin. And ultimately, he will deliver us from the very presence of it. Huh. We're all involved in this warfare with these demonic forces. Number two, as believers, we have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light with all the rights and privileges and positions that belong to a child of God. Number three, The spiritual battle that we fight involves a responsibility on our part to put on the spiritual protection that God has provided for us. We can and we will resist the enemy's attempt to deceive, accuse, and cast out when we stand firm. And stand firm means being honest with God about ourselves and others. That's the prerequisite to all of our spiritual battles. We've got to be honest with God about us. What's going on in our lives that's not right? What do we need to take care of? What do we need to get rid of? Maybe it's some things that we're doing that we think that, ah, this will, you know, it's not so bad. But we know it's not right. Each time you do it, the Holy Spirit gives you that unction. The Holy Spirit grieves a little bit. You get that feeling. You, you, know, you know when you're doing something that's not right, you feel it. It's time to get rid of it. Be honest about ourselves and others. The next thing we need to do is we need to respond to the truth that God shows us about his will for our lives, we need to be living righteous. And then we need a clear understanding of the gospel. A clear understanding. And we need to take the opportunity to be ready to share it at all times. How do we get a clear understanding of the gospel? We push the plate back every now and then and we fast. We seek God in prayer. When Daniel needed his answers, he fasted and he went to God and he prayed for 21 days. He needed his mind, body, and soul to be clear. So when he went on his, when he went on his fast, he abstained from many things. Sometimes you've got to walk away from the TV. Sometimes you got to walk away from people. Sometimes you got to walk away from the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Sometimes you got to walk away from the telephone. And you just got to spend time with God. You got to clear your thoughts. You got to clear your mind. You got to fast. You got to pray. And when you do that, God will release an angel out of the third heaven to come down on your behalf and fight the battle for you in that second heaven. When that angel got to Daniel, he said, God heard you when you first started praying. But it took me this long to fight with the enemy to get to where you are right now just to let you know that God heard you. you got to stay on it. You can't pray one day and just leave it alone and just give up and say it's not going to happen. You have to continually pray. You have to continually have faith. You have to continue to fast so that God can dispatch those angels to come down and fight on your behalf. Hmm. Fact number four is that a great majority of all spiritual warfare Never needs to go beyond the regular practice of living out your position in Christ by faith. And what I'm talking about right now is not normal. It's called um, the practice of Paul's metaphor. See, the spiritual armor. It protects us from Satan's ongoing attempts to break our fellowship with Jesus, and as a result, minimizes the impact of the enemy. There are times when we must move beyond standing firm and holding on to this position that we have. There are times when we have to get right down into the nitty gritty. There are times when we've got to get our knees skinned, our hands dirty. We've got to get ugly because we've got to engage the enemy in actual combat and there are certain times that it gets frontal when i say frontal i'm in mental health so i'm always talking about frontal but it gets in the brain It's not about holding your ground of who you are or your position in ministry, your bishop this, your archbishop that, your pastor this, your chief apostle this. It doesn't even matter. Your title does not matter to the devil. You know what you are to him, no matter who you are, no matter if you're a a janitor in the church or you're the chief apostle, Or you're the bishop of the bishop of bishops. It doesn't matter to him we're all prey. P-R-E-Y. That's what we are to him. But when we get it in the brain and we begin to engage in that actual combat, then stuff starts to happen. You engage in that brain assault with your enemy. When you begin to take significant steps of faith for your growth, for your spiritual growth. You know, maybe you'll start memorizing some scriptures. And maybe you'll pick up that Bible every day you get home from work and you'll start to read. And then when you do, you might say, I'm not really getting anything out of this. But you know... You're getting things because you're feeding your brain the word. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like kids. You know, if, if, if you do your homework and you're good in school, we'll give you an incentive. We'll give you a dollar. And, you know, as you get older, you know, well, you know, if you do this or if you do that, we'll give you this. And then you, you, you are anxious to do these things because you know you've got a prize coming reward yourself because the more you study the more you know the better you fight you know you, you start doing things like tithing you start writing checks and God will be like bless this ministry bless that ministry and you don't understand why you just do it because you're obedient and God has told you to do it because before you never wanted to do that but now you'll just give them. And you'll think, this is awesome. I can't believe that I'm starting to do this. And when you do this, you'll start seeing your blessings. And you're like, wow, this thing really does work. This, I'm activating my faith. I'm spiritually growing. And guess what? When you start doing that, that's when you get attacked. The enemy wants to attack you, then it will come in and scare you. When you're invading the enemy's territory, guess what else you're doing? You're in evangelism. You're spreading the word. Maybe you're on a missions trip. Maybe you're involved with something at your church. You're reaching out to people, and you're sharing the good news. When you're a babe in Christ, you want to tell everybody about your experience with God. You want to tell everyone how awesome he is and what a difference he's made in your life. And guess what's going to happen as soon as you start doing that? Slap right in your face. You're going to get attacked. So you have to be aware of his tactics and be aware of what you're fighting against. He doesn't fight fair. And guess when you really get attacked? And I am a witness to this because we have been talking about angels and fallen angels. We've been talking about um, how to, uh, to reach up into the second heaven and how to fight in the second and first heavens. Well, you get exposed to warfare when you're exposing the enemy for who he really is that's why I need you to pray for me when I do these Bible studies yeah I get attacked but I know (laughs) and I already know and I'm already girded up I'm already prayed up and when things begin to happen in my life that I can't understand and when they begin to happen one after another I stand on the word I push the plate away I seek God even more. I fight him with the word. I pray and I seek God. I don't fight against man. I don't fight against woman because I know it's not them that I fight against. I know that when things happen that I have no control over and I can't understand why, I know what's going on, but I know that all I have to do is stay girded up. All I have to do is follow my rules in Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, of what God has told me that I need to do. And God is faithful to do just what he said he would do. He said, if I do my part in the natural, he'll take care of the super. So supernaturally, we win this thing. So every time you're teaching about the enemy, every time you're revealing who he is and what he's about and what he's doing, you begin to get attacked. All hell begins to break loose. That's demonic opposition. It will come in ways that I can't even tell you about. But again, you already know what's coming. So when you know what's coming, you stand up to him. And you disrobe him. And you become a part of letting everybody else see the demonic spirits for what they are and for what's going on. So you have to be aware of what's going to happen. He doesn't have any new tricks. You just have to stay prayed up. Stay fasted and continue to seek the Word. And this Bible study is going to be a little more in-depth than I thought it would be, and I've already gone over my hour tonight. And so we're going to pick it up at the next Bible study. So at this time, the floor is now open. If anyone has any questions or comments or prayer requests, you may do so at this time. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you all. I truly thank you all for calling in. Um, For my usual callers, you may notice that the Bible study went a little different tonight. And because I am doing the Bible study on podcast now, I'm going to go directly into the Bible study. And then we will um, go into our prayer at the end of the Bible study with closing us out. If anyone has any prayer requests that they would like to submit, you may do so at this time. God bless you. God bless you. Again, Bible study is held every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. We now have our iTunes podcast up and running, and it is My SCARs Ministry Bible Studies. And you can um, go to iTunes, download that podcast, and hit subscribe so that you will get all of the future broadcasts that will be um download it to the podcast. Also, if you need to reach out to me, I am on Facebook under Monica K. Harris, or you can find the ministry under My Scars Ministry. Go on to that page, like it, and uh, you'll get your daily dose of encouragement. The website for My Scars Ministry is www.myscarsministry.com. You can go onto that page. You can read my story, my testimony, leave a confidential prayer request or comments go back and listen to any archived Bible studies, et cetera, any upcoming events that may be going on to make donations, um, sow a seed to the ministry, all of that is available on the website. And you can also follow us on Twitter at My Scars Ministry. So with that being said, um, I'm going to go ahead and close us out in prayer tonight. I truly thank each and every one of you for calling in. I truly hope that you will join back for the conclusion of the Bible study on spiritual warfare for the next podcast. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for gathering us together tonight, Father God, to fellowship with you one more time. We thank you, Father God, for the word that has gone forth. And, Father God, I pray that the word has fallen on a receptive heart and listening ears, Father God. I pray that those who have called in and those that are listening in will share this word with others, Father God, so that we know how to come up against and fight the enemy, that he has nothing new under his sleeve, Father God, but that you have given us everything that is needed to fight and win this battle. So, Father God, we just say thank you. We thank you, Father God, tonight for divine protection. We thank you, Father God, for protecting us for things that we cannot see, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for providing for us, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for loving us when we didn't know how to love ourselves, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you have not given up on us. That no matter how many times we fall, that you are standing there with your arms wide open, welcoming, them, welcoming us back home. Father God, we ask that you forgive us for all of our sins, Father God. That you renew our minds, that you renew our spirits, Father God. That you that will continue to just cleanse us, Father God, so that we can continue to walk in righteousness, Father God. And Father God, when things are happening in our lives that we don't understand, Father God, We just come to you, Father God, and we just lay it on the altar. And we just pray, Father, and we just ask you to have your way, Father God. Have your way in our lives, Father God. Let your complete, perfect will be done in our lives, Father God. We don't know what's best for us. We don't know what steps to take, Father God. But you, Father God, are all knowing. You know what's best for us, Father God, and we trust you. And we have faith and we believe in you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for loving us despite everything that we've done. We thank you, Father God, that you never, never threw us away. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your favor that will forever follow us all the days of our lives, Father God. We thank you for saving our family members, Father God. We thank you for bringing them home, Father God. We thank you that you're sending someone to them even now that they will listen to, Father God. Sending a light to them in the middle of their darkness, Father God, that will bring them right to you, Father. We thank you and we will not give up, Father God. We will not stop praising you. We will not stop giving you the glory. We will not stop giving you the honor. We will not stop worshiping you, Father, for you and only you deserve the glory, the honor, and the power. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, for healing those that are brokenhearted, Father God. Those who have suffered losses in their lives. Father God, we ask that you touch them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And that you would heal and mend every broken heart, every contrite spirit. We ask that you touch and heal, Father God. We pray for all the leaders, Father God, that you will continue to empower, continue to equip, Father God. Father God, we call out to you tonight and we just want more of you, Lord. Fill us with overflow of your Holy Spirit, Lord. All we want is more of you, Father God. All we desire is more of you, Father God. For your word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Oh, Father God, we are diligently seeking you because you said you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you, Father God. So tonight, Father God, we cry out to you and we ask you to help us, Father God. Help us where we are weak. Help us where we have failed, Father God. Strengthen us, Father God, in this race. Give us what is needed to carry on, Father God. Bless our homes, Father God. Bless our ministries, Father God. Bless our children, Father God. Bless our families, Father God. Wherever we go, Father God, let us be blessed. For your word says that we are blessed going out and blessed coming in, Father God. You said that, hallelujah. You said, hallelujah, that we shall be the lenders and not the borrowers. You said, Father God, that we are the head and not the tail, Father God. And, Father God, tonight we recognize who and whose we are, and we stand in our rightful positions, claiming and taking back everything that is ours, Father God. We just glorify your name, Father God, and we give you all the glory and the honor, and we ask that you protect us, Father God, and you keep us in good health as we go to and from our destinations, Father God. Protect us on the highways and byways, Father God. Keep us mentally intact, Father God. Shield us from the darts of the enemy, Father God. Protect our homes, Father God. Protect our places of business and our places of ministry, Father God. Again, let your perfect will be done in our lives. And anyway, we ask all of these things, Father God, in the name of your precious son, Jesus Christ. And you forever get the glory. Amen. Well, God bless you all. Thank you all for calling in, and I look forward to having you on next time. Good night, God bless, and remember, I love you.